I'm Jason. And I am Greg. Welcome. And, and we are live in Greenville. In Greenville at Deeper Weekend, Weekend 13. 2013. Is there anybody here in our live studio audience tonight? <laughs> yeah. So we got some special guests today. We do have some special guests, and not only we've got we've got Melinda Guimet. Did That's, I pronounce yeah, it appropriately? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> She's sporting some beautiful glasses. Sporting so some major that. Blummer glasses. We got Michelle Golden as well. Not only that, we also have a special sponsor tonight. Who's that special sponsor? Cashew! That's right. Cashew <laughs> was right. a special sponsor. Right, right. And we don't mean the protein-rich, uh, healthy nut that is rich in omega-3 fatty acids for a healthy heart. No, no we mean the cloud-based accounting software solution that's high in protein and omega-3 fatty acids that helps promote a healthy heart. And we're happy that they're a sponsor yeah. of this podcast. And it's the whole deeper weekend. That's right. They've been, they've been a big sponsor for this whole thing. Couldn't do without them. No. And we got to throw it out to Casey Bain because she's just yeah. a lot of fun at the party. Yeah. Thank so, you, Casey. So that's so, awesome. So we want to kick it off. So we had a great day of learning today mm-hmm. with Melinda and Michelle. And yep. our mind was blown. So what we're going to try to do is summarize what we learned today because our heads are full, right? Yeah. And we got we to gotta get this packaged up so we know what to go do. Our heads are full. We got to have some action steps. But um, And our hearts are full. Our hearts are full <laughs> they for are. our friends. Are. But before we get into that, we always like to start the Thrivecast by knowing where, like, getting the backstory of our superhero guests. So, Michelle, we, we've had you on the Thrivecast before. Yes. This is your second official appearance, first official live podcast. Here's what I would like to know about you. What sports did you play growing up? None. None? None. N- not you were a- in the band, Wait. weren't you? Nope. Did you carry a saxophone that said, beat me up? Oh, now? I played a flute. Then that's, oh, that's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, then yeah, that's yeah. the no. band. <laughs> they call but that But that was the- only in sixth grade. That it wasn't a- really banned. And I faked it. <laughs> You're trying, like, seems like there's a lot of strange distancing between yourself and band class. What did you? Is there anything that you did other than study mathematics studiously as a child? No. Oh. Okay. 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 All right. So what we're do we getting, ask her now? We're getting okay. stonewalled by Michelle yeah, okay. Golan. That's read okay. Books. What? I read books. What's that? Red books. What's red books? I read. She read books. books. Oh, you read. <laughs> With her eyeballs, she read. I thought there was like something like. Like the like the beige book and the yellow book. It's I for girls. Like the red book. Yeah. It introduces red the book topic magazine. There's a red book magazine. Yeah. You guys back off of me. Yeah. You bloodthirsty. So so Michelle, actually tell us, um, you know, don't start with your birth or anything because nobody cares, right? What we want to know is how Were did you, you cesarean? <laughs> no, no. So how did you get into working with CPAs? Kind yeah. of how, what's the first time that happened? Did you read a book uh, about it? No. <laughs> a red book. No. I think my uncle was an accountant or something. When I was in sixth grade, I answered a yearbook survey that said I want that I said I wanted to be an accountant. I think it was because I liked my uncle. So okay. There you go. So I don't know was, why. So that was the touchstone. Had, yeah. To get in. And then you I knew a calculator was involved. That's all okay. I knew. And I liked that. And I liked office supply stores. <laughs> so oh. I thought it would be a good I think that's how all of us got into a calculator. Yeah, yeah, I like, like office supplies. The smell of staples. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, this is good. I can, I can get used to this. Very good. Now, Melinda, 
Tell us, tell us your, uh, hopefully you'll actually answer our questions. Yeah, really? Uh, where, Can where, you where, give us more information? Where, where'd you go to college, Melinda? <laughs> I graduated from the University of Virginia in Charlottesville. Okay, anybody from Virginia here? You can, you can make noise. They can't hear you when you raise your hand. Okay, there we go. That's good. It's, uh, it's kind of an a, a audio medium. Yeah. So did you get an accounting degree? Oh, Lord, no. Okay. What did you get a degree in? No, I, I majored in American government. Yeah? What the heck what? are you doing working with CPAs? It's a long story, but I'll keep it short. Okay. Um, I did a lot of things in my 20s that shall go unnamed. <laughs> Like, and then I moved Well, we want to, to know some of those things. No, I shall not. <laughs> okay. Then I moved to New Mexico when I was 28 or 9 uh-huh. uh, to make my fame and fortune in commercial real estate. You'll notice I'm not doing commercial real estate. <laughs> so it didn't work out too well. It didn't work out all that well. Okay. However, it was very cool because two things happened. One, I met my husband, and that's a better-than-even trade. Uh, he was a commercial real estate broker. And two, I learned I lost all fear of new situations. Because I got thrown out of so many buildings uh, because you had to cold call as a commercial real estate the broker. Top window or anything. No, I was escorted <laughs> out. Escorted thrown out, okay. out of buildings. That's yeah. like. Yeah. This truck is also a stunt woman. <laughs> no, I knew that I'd achieved a new level of confidence when I looked at this last security guard who was escorting me out of the building. And I said, I just want you to know I have been thrown out of way nicer buildings than this. <laughs> and so I knew I'd lost. Security guard. I, yeah, I knew I'd lost all fear. But in that, in those transactions, I met the man who would become my boss uh, as the managing partner of um, an accounting firm. Okay. And he hired me as his first marketing coordinator at okay. the time. Gotcha. Yes. So you've been marketing from the get-go. Yeah, that was my first work with accountants ever. Now, Michelle, I don't do numbers. Michelle, you worked as an accountant. That was your first intro did, into the actual profession. I was a profession. staff accountant. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, then, so then, uh, I have a question about New Mexico. And that is is uh, is is Breaking Bad fever is in you're in Albuquerque. It, it, it's huge. It's really? huge. It's huge. Is is what is that restaurant? The Los Pollos Hermanos. Yeah. Is that is that a real place? Uh, it is, but it's not called Los Pollos Hermanos. I can't remember which one. Then it's one not a real place. No, it is. No, it's, but it's if they, they call it Kentucky it, Fried Chicken, it's not that's called, not called, No, it's it's, but it's filmed it's in it's filmed in a real restaurant in New Mexico. But I couldn't tell you which one it was because I'm I'm the only person on the planet who doesn't like the show. Really? Yeah. What? I know. What? I know. You're not caught okay. up on all five episodes. You all know season? me, right? You know a little bit about how I roll. It's way too dark for me. There's no redemption. It's beautifully acted, beautifully directed, oh. beautifully filmed, makes Albuquerque look gorgeous. And parts of Albuquerque are, parts are not, but it makes all of Albuquerque look beautiful, but it's too dark for me. So we don't want to call you Heisenberg. Well, I would get it, but I wouldn't think it was funny. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, uh, in your face, Jason. <laughs> yeah. Heisenberg's but, not funny. But that's, but that's good because, because your, your personality is, is, I think, you bring a unique personality to the accounting profession because you are a feeling person. You have actual... Because <laughs> I actually have emotions. You have emotions and a beating not, heart. Not feel up accountants, but well, you Jason, have emotions. Really? Ew, really, you Jason? You said it. No, you said you're a feeling person. Do you see this? Okay, for my the wife listener, told me. for the listener, it's, it is actually a joy in my heart to be able to see Jennifer Blummer's Facial reactions to some of the crazy crap that comes out of her husband's she mouth during a podcast. A That's priceless. That's priceless. So let's to keep me. it to what we talked okay. about today. Yes. How about so that? So you're a very feeling person. You have feelings. Uh, one of the things that I'm interested, we're interested in, 
is inspiration. Today, during the, there's a few times you brought up the whole idea of inspiration. We know, we talked about motivation as well. I want to know what your thoughts are in terms of inspiration in a CPA firm. What is it? What does it look like? Why do I want it? And what's the return on investment as a percentage of capital? (laughs) Michelle can give you the ROI as a percentage of capital because she does the rows and columns. (laughs) But what I can talk to you about is inspiration and motivation uh, because you scared me with that when we talked about it earlier. So I went back and I looked up the difference in inspiration and motivation, and it's actually kind of interesting. Motivation means to incite or impel. That's what it means, according to dictionary.com. That's motivation? That's motivation, to incite or or impel. impel. Okay. And then inspiration has a more spiritual nature. It is to arouse a feeling in someone else. Okay, can I ask so it? Can I ask inspire it? someone? No. <laughs> no. Don't think dirty. I know y'all been drinking. No, no, no. It's too, it's too, you said it. It's, it's too, it is to create a feeling in someone else. Okay. Well, there's some, you know, there's a. Okay. Y'all are dirty minded right. people. No. I love you for that. Well, let me ask you this. There are some, there are some motivational tactics that are kind of, they I seem BS. Oh, sorry. Bam. So go the, ahead, finish. The point Jesus. about inspiration and motivation is that they are related. They're like brother and sister. <laughs> sure. But inspiration is almost a higher order of things, whereas motivation is I want to help. I want to motivate you to do a better job. Um, what I'd really like to do is inspire you to live a better life. Right. Is now okay. So it, so here's my take on it. Here's my poetic spin on that please, that I did, just came to mind. Is inspiration is when. You are, motivation is when you're pushing. Inspiration is when you are being pulled oh, by something that. deeper. I love that. So kind of, although, that's well said. although, I, that's good. Thank, thanks. That's poetic. Where did it you is. read that? Greg? So what? That's good. <laughs> it just came, it just came to mind. Did you get well, that on Dr. Phil? It did on Dr. Phil. What, so what, so tell, so what, so why does a, our CPA firm's inspired? What does an inspired CPA firm look like? How's that different? How do you inspire a CPA firm? Are you like, debits? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't go in and talk about debits. Right. No. I think the way I inspire anybody, whether it's a CPA firm or uh, an academic institution or a law firm, is to A, help them understand themselves better, okay. and B, help them understand the people they work with better. Okay. Because when you understand somebody, it's very hard to label them okay. as, oh, he's just a jackass or she's just a crazy old it's still possible though. it's still possible doesn't mean they're not jackasses but it means you can understand them better can i okay. still do it so okay so okay so you come into my firm you help me know who i am better and my clients are better that takes away labels so now i'm inspired maybe but i do it all through the lens you know inspiration is up to you but i do it all through the lens of communication i really i don't i don't refer to myself as a motivational speaker because motivational speakers typically tell you a story of something they've overcome and all of that. And uh, if I had that kind of story, I probably wouldn't share it with you because that's not how I roll, uh-huh. but because I don't know you that well. So I, I'm not that kind of speaker. I'm not that kind of person, yeah, yeah, yeah. business person. But what I do is go in and help people communicate more effectively uh-huh. and more productively. Okay. And through that, they understand each other better. Does that okay. make sense? And, and, so, and so, so let me see. Yeah, I think it does because it's the idea that the, the inspiration already exists and it's in there. And by, by communicating, you're helping people express what already inspires them. Is that? It's is like, that? You remember Michelangelo? You know the guy? 
Yeah, yeah one of the Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he yes. was the one. He had that the one. he had the He's nunchucks. The let's el- the let's elevate this conversation. That's right. Um, the, the the statue of David is my favorite piece of art in the whole world. I've you, seen it three times. Have you? And yes, it's I have. And I am scenes. I am awestruck each time I see it. Yeah. And um, the reason is because Michelangelo approached his art as he oh. viewed it as freeing. Yeah. The form from right. the slab of marble. Right. He didn't create. He would. He would have said that he didn't create David. He freed David from the slab of marble that he was in. Right. If you've read the Agony and the Ecstasy, you kind of get that. Um, I, and, I haven't, but I get it. And still, it's it's a, it's a really <laughs> so, very good. So is that is that always is that always part of your role? So when when a CPA firm and Melinda <clears throat> and Michelle, yeah, you both, do you always want to try to do? I don't know. If motivational is pushing and inspiration is pulling, that's interesting. Do you want to always try to inspire CPAs, or can they be? Are there some managing partners that can't be inspired? Some partner sure there are. Boards? There are a lot of burnout cases. There are a lot of people who so don't do want you, to do better, feel so better. So Michelle, be better. do you not work with them? I mean, do you say no. I can't help you? No, I, you know, I, I usually explore uh, explore the situation pretty deeply before I would say I can't I can't help, but. What I usually do, I don't say I can come and inspire. I, I try and help people just look at things differently than they've looked at them before. If inspiration comes out of it, great, but at least I try and get them to... A lot of CPAs, like, like just let's use the example of social media, because okay. it's so easy. Yeah. You know, they heard about it, and they locked down their systems. Or they went to their IT department, and their IT department said, scary, and yep. they locked down the systems. And so they said, ooh, evil, bad, whatever, and they just closed their mind to it. It took a lot to get them to see, you know, there's some huge advantages to it. It's free. Mm-hmm. It's, it reaches everyone. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it's really powerful. Um, so it took years, literally, to get them to just see that they maybe shut it out a little early. Right. So gotcha. that's an example. So, so inspiration and motivation are going to come out of your work, but not necessarily. That's the one thing you got to tick off and make sure every CPA owner is going to become inspirational. It comes out if you need if you need to do it. So yeah, what, I, I, I mean, don't know. I don't think inspiration is something you can teach. I think it's like it's like passion. Either you're you passionate about something or you're not. Right. And if, if you're an inspiring, I don't think there are that many managing partners that got to that role without some ability to inspire right. people. Right. And there are some. There are yeah. some. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of. I think there are a lot of situations where both of us, I think, have helped people <laughs> relocate. No, that's probably the wrong word. Right. Um, find it get again. Get fired and get rehired. Find again oh, their yeah. passion Reignite. that they right, lost. Right. Reignite. So yeah, not relocate as in relocate. you need to you need to be fired be from there. this firm yeah. and go yeah. to some other. Just but locate out. once locate again, again the passion again. Yes. that exists within you as Michelangelo existed within, within the marble the within before the Michelangelo, aka Melinda Guimet, carved it out of you. Nice. Yeah. No. No, no. Okay. Here's what I want to know. For both of you guys, tell me what what inspires you to do the work that you do. That's good stuff. Oh, that goes for me. It's easy. It just goes to my why. If I see light bulbs come on, and and people going, oh, okay, I see that differently than I saw it. That's that's enough. That's, that makes, that's my thrill. That's You're, my thrill. You get pulled along by seeing people have a. Tiffany kind of moments. Mm-hmm. Just changing minds. That's changing my mind. that's my thing. Yeah. For me, it's similar. It's changing hearts and opening hearts. Because uh, okay. when I feel that person go, oh, like some of you did today, as your heads were exploding at the same time, you're going, 
oh, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one thinking uh. these thoughts. I'm not the only one feeling these feelings. If I can help somebody understand that they're not alone in their thought mm. process or their feeling process, then I'm doing my job. You know, that's yeah. interesting. You, you guys mentioned that when we were asking you things. Melinda, you would say, well, talk to Michelle. She's more analytical. Mm-hmm. And, and Michelle, you just said mind when they when they understand something She's new heart. and then yeah. you said heart when so you're more emotional different. i don't care about Absolutely. the heart no <laughs> <laughs> well but do you do you guys focus on those things like michelle do you go in thinking i've got to help them understand a new piece of knowledge and melinda do you help do you help cpas go i've got to help inspire you to love people deeper I think that's Melinda's more about communicating and getting people to communicate, and communication has to come from the heart. While I'm speaking for you, but but I'm. <laughs> Go I, ahead, you're doing keep the going. job. No, yeah. no, I, I'm more Could you about. That I'm tall. She's really <laughs> tall and has beautiful six, red tall. hair. Yeah, long red hair. Six long feet tall. red hair. Um, the I know. The, we the did thing, not need that laughter. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Theater of the mind. They'll think that she's <laughs> tall. And, you. Okay, let's Carol start over Wong. again. Okay. Sorry. Welcome okay. to the Thrive Cast. Cashew. Okay, now, at Melinda Gimet's here. She's tall and redhead. Get it? Thank you. Okay, so we were talking about the mind and the heart. Um, so, yeah, Melinda's coming at it more from that. My, my thing is that I believe, you know, when I work with somebody, it's because usually they want to change something. They want to improve it or change it or, or accomplish something that's different from where they are now. And I believe, my, my wise statement, I believe that you can't change something until you change the way you see it or believe it. Like, you have to change a belief. And that's, it's emotional. Right. It's emotional, Absolutely. which right. is in the mind. Yeah. I'm not, it's heart, but it's also in the mind. It's how you see it. So to change the way you view it or what's possible, it, it's mind. But, yeah. but we bo- both, of us, both of us deal with a whole human, excuse me, with a whole human. There's not a division um, for either of us between head and heart because you're entire human beings and there are other entire human beings that you're working with. What the accounting profession has not done so well is acknowledge that very fact that the whole human walks in the door, not just the brain. Mm, yeah. well, that, that your body is not just there to hold up your head. And, well, and I can tell you exactly where I came from. Yeah, I can tell you exactly where I came from to get there, which is I would started helping people market. CPAs, I was helping them build a practice. And what it really came down to is if they were being told or asked to market something that was an area of practice that they weren't passionate about, it wouldn't happen, period. It would not happen. So one of the first questions I ask, oh, you want to grow this practice area? Who here, not just who's willing to carry the flag, because that's an easy question to ask, and you won't get a lot of volunteers, but who's like got a burning passion for construction or whatever? And if nobody does, you're done. That's it. Don't. I'm never going to ask you to grow something that you don't feel deep down right. that you want to grow because you will find every way you possibly can to avoid it. Yeah. And if you're not passionate enough to raise your hand when asked if you're passionate, then you're probably not really passionate. Exactly. Maybe that's they a, could pass you a note. Just start asking, <laughs> yeah. who would like to pass me a note that's blink, passionate about blink construction? Blink two right. times <laughs> if you're passionate <laughs> about construction. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, anyone, I can wait all day. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Michelle, do you do consulting? And Melinda, do you do coaching? Is consulting for the firm and changing the firm? And Melinda is coaching for the person and changing the person. 
Um, I keep I dividing we, this, and maybe I shouldn't keep doing that. Yeah, but. you shouldn't keep doing that. I'm going to do it again. The marks of evolving as a person is you really listen to how other people describe you. And yeah. so I don't run around telling people that I'm inspirational and motivational. That's what I get from people who work with me. That's what they've told me. And finally, at my ripe old age, I'm learning to listen to what they're telling me. Um, so that, that descriptor comes oh. from other people, not from me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what label you would put on me. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. Tall? She's well, tall. Tall, red-headed, tall. red-headed, and sexy, right? Um, I just go with tall. Say? I'm just good with tall. <laughs> I'm just good no, with tall. I, so I don't know. I, 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 when, I, when I talk to people, I don't say I'm a consultant. I don't say I'm a change agent, although that's on my card. I don't say I'm a motivator. The only thing I can tell you for sure that I know for sure is that I'm a communicator. Well, shouldn't you change the name of your company then? <laughs> No, it's well-branded. Thank oh. you. <laughs> her, her company name is Melinda Motivates. And here's oh, why. Oh, we just busted you a here's new why. one on the Thrivecast live. Wrong moose face. Let me oh. tell you why. Here's why. Because communication is the content. Motivation is the style. Whoa. Write it down, people. <laughs> Say it again. Get it. Communication <laughs> Say it again. is the content. Motivation is the style. Oh, nice. He wants to write it down so he can, like, trash it, yeah. I think. No, Is no, that, no, I'm do, good. Do you think that's a I, good uh, Michelle, yes. you brought up a very interesting thing. <laughs> when you said you were talking about your why, I think our listeners and our members know that we, we bash them over the head with this whole idea of why. Um, but Melinda, you mentioned something to me earlier where you, you refuse to have people make vision statements or mission statements but at the same time, I didn't hear you protest very loudly about having about uh, identifying your why. Can you break all that out and tell me why I, visions and missions suck horribly? I agree with her, but I've never heard it put that way. But right, I'm, I'm not, not put all, I've not put because I hate, I just won't do that work. I don't because I'm not passionate about it. Because well, I actually think it's BS. Okay, what do? specific I, work? Not the I, why. mission and vision. Mission, I, and, mission vision. and vision. Okay, why? Well, I don't understand that. BS. I, I, I kind of do too, why. but I have my own reasons and I don't want to share them. <laughs> and he's not but the I guest. Wanna, and we don't care what we, Greg thinks. Yeah. Perfect. We want to know what y'all think. Well, for me, I, I have yet to meet anyone who, can, who works for an accounting firm who can tell me what their mission and vision is are. I thought those is were on. the why. No. Why are they I, not I, the that's same the problem. When I help firms with their why, we, we literally almost, we replace the vision and mission usually. Well, at least the mission. The mission statement gets okay. replaced with Let, the why. Vision's a little different. Vision is more specific and sh- sort of short-term and quantifiable. Right, right. Because vision is like, what are, uh, tell, me, tell me if I'm wrong. Because traditionally, vision is like, here's what we're doing. Your mission is why you exist. Your vision is because of why we exist, here's what we're going to do. How is that? The reason I hate it, I'm going to tell you now why I do, is because it seems pretentious and forced almost all the time. That's what I don't like about it. For me, the only difference between a vision, a mission, and a why is that a why is a new label so we can call it something that doesn't seem pretentious and forced like the vision and mission statement did in the past. I think a why, at least for me, the reason it resonates with me is because it seems much more visceral. It It seems much more... Um, interwoven with who I am, you know, the way I translate it in my head, because I deal in this abstract stuff all the time. The way I say it to myself is what makes my feet hit the floor every morning? Uh What makes me happy to get up and go and be me every day? Uh That's my why. 
Right. That's, to me, that's really different from a mission or a vision because it's like that why is right close here to my heart. Uh, a mission and vision are something that you put in an eight and a half by 11 frame gotcha. and you hang on a wall okay. that okay. nobody reads. So, and that's why right. I don't do that one. So vision, vision and mission okay. are inspirational. I don't think so. I don't find, I don't think <laughs> anybody, okay. I don't think anybody okay. in this room think find them inspirational. I've got, I've got the answer. Here's, here's the answer. Okay, great. Okay, you. here's the answer. Vision and, vision and mizzen are, Vision and mission Drink some are, beer. Are, have, another beer. have another diet coke because that's why my speech gets slurred. Um, the uh, uh, vision, vision and mission are group are products of group think where everybody goes. This is something that describes our entire organization. Yeah, literally, yeah. A why is personal and 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 you have to have some key figure in an organization who has a why and collects. People who have who share it. Who share it. Cool. It's purposeful. That's cool. If you go, if I took, like if I took a hundred firms' mission statements and I put them all on, a, or even ten, if I put ten mission statements, you would not be able to pick yours out of it. Right. You wouldn't. You'd right. look at them all and you'd be, "Wow, that's really close." Well, that's really that almost says the same thing. So that does what say you're the saying same. is that all most CPA firms have the same sounding vision and mission. Sure, and, and the the flaw with the way it's done usually is, you know, Simon Sinek's why it's uh -huh. got why in the middle and then how and then you what. Yeah. <clears throat> well, most people their mission statements just talk about their what and maybe a little how. Uh -huh. And then they talk about the result. I want to profit. I want to have a better life. I want it. That's that's the result. They don't go. They don't even touch the why. And the why is what is what drives the limbic part of the. It's what resonates with the, the limbic part of the yeah, brain. Yeah, show the limbic part of the brain. Yeah, you know about yeah. that. Yeah, the yeah, emotional yeah, yeah. part. Yeah, where you that the limbic part of the brain is the part of your brain that that controls the body, so you can bend over backwards really far and go under a, a bar that's consistently <laughs> lowered during the course of a song. Yes. Yeah. The limbic, limbic brain. So let's, okay. That's a very... You worked that one hard. That's a, that's a very visceral part of my brain. Okay, so we've nailed down vision, mission, and why, right? Have we beat it to death? Yes. yes. I think so. Yes. The, have a why, erase your vision and mission. Those are stupid per Michelle and Melinda. Okay. Is that what y'all said? Pretty much. Okay, sort of. yeah. Pretty much. So, okay, today was about leadership. Uh -huh. We talked about a lot of stuff. There's not a lot of stuff we got to, but we did touch on barely authenticity and vulnerability. And you mentioned Brene Brown. She has a great book. Mm -hmm. Melinda, what's the name of that book? Again? Daring Greatly. I highly Daring recommend Greatly. it. Okay. So might make some of you men feel squishy, but it's okay. Read it anyway. <laughs> so it's but good for you. What we want to do is we want to figure out how authenticity and vulnerability le lead to greater leadership. I guess they do automatically. It's a big people I'm, have BS sensors and if you're not authentic, no one is gonna believe you. I mean your why comes from the heart. You can't BS it. Okay, right? Okay. You can't fake it. And any it's the same good. things that are behind, you know, social media. You gotta be authentic. Well, well the why I'm vulnerable. Followed. Well wait, wait, let's back up just a second. Melinda, give us your definition you gave us earlier about being authentic. It was like mm. Something about being your, you say it because I'll butcher I, it. If I remember it right, I think it was just that you know your own story and you, you tell the same it, story to, to, everybody. to everybody. Everybody gets the <laughs> same there's, story. There's not a dividing line between who you are at work and who you are at home. So and, actually, Brene Brown said it's fitting in or belonging. There's, that's the difference. And yeah. belonging is you're the same person and you're always oh, the same person okay. no matter where you are. And right. sometimes you'll belong. But sometimes you won't mm -hmm. because of who you are. Because of who but you are. fitting in is changing who you are to Correct. fit into who the people that surround you at that certain moment. So belonging is better, and that's authenticity. 
I think so. Okay. And I need to tell you a story about what authenticity can do, because this just yes. happened last week. Good. Um, and it's going to sound like I'm bragging on myself, and I'm not, so just listen. Brag woman. I Brag away. Yeah, do um, it. I was with a client. Red-headed woman. Who's a new, I was with a client who I've known for a long time. He's a lawyer. Uh, he's at about, he's between two and a half and three million as a sole practitioner. Wow. And yeah, so he's doing well. Yeah, but he has, he has a situation. So he called me in because he had a situation. Sweet and I started abs? laughing. Is that what you mean? I started laughing when he oh, said situation. I just he had, he had a situation. And so we were talking about his situation. It's not and his abs. It, it's not his abs. Okay. No. It's no. not I abs. have no idea why we're discussing the man's abs. But anyway. That would be a sweet that would be a sweet situation. Oh, that situation. Okay. okay. I don't I don't watch a lot of television. Anyway. Okay, um I do watch entertainment tonight, but that's a whole nother story. So that's a good program. So I know everything about Jennifer Lopez. She's telling a story about authenticity. I'm with this lawyer, and we the time flew by, and you know they live in six tenths of an hour. These guys do, and so an hour and forty five minutes flew by. And I helped him with his situation that had nothing to do with his abdominal muscles. And he looked at me, and he said, "So." Would you like to help us out some more? And I looked at him and I said, Can you be more specific? Because I'm a terrible salesperson. Can you be more specific? And he said, Well, not yet, but I'd like to talk to you some more. So I walked away with a really important understanding about authenticity because I've known this guy for a long time. Um, I had nothing to lose by being there and nothing to gain by being there. I was just trying to help him. Yeah. So I was totally me. I didn't have on my consultant face or my consultant voice. I just went in as Melinda because oh, I don't. Not, you weren't you getting I, a fat check? No, there was no fat check oh, involved. Never mind. Oh. No fat check. I involved. thought a fat check that would have like tainted everything. Changes everything. It yes. does. Okay, go ahead. So uh, what I realized coming out of that meeting was that he wanted to be around me, not so much because of what I know or what I can do, but because of who I am. Hmm. And that's authenticity. You when a, you can come across to someone uh, and they want to be with you because of who you are, not because of what you know, the mistake CPAs make all the time is you think people only love you or want to be around you because of what you know or what you do or what your title is. And that's, a, that's a, an unhappy way to live in my view. So the only way I know how to do this anymore is to just approach life as myself right. so that people will want to spend time with me because of who I am, not just because of what I know. Okay, and that brings us to the problem is that it's much more difficult and challenging to be authentic when you're a dick. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Let me, this is late, but let me go so, ahead and do it. So what? So, a little late. So what do I do? What do you do about what? Don't, I'm a dick. Hang on, I got a beep. <laughs> <laughs> I it again. You said beep. earlier. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Michelle. You said it was okay earlier. Ah, but we got to beat that. So what was the question? Okay, he wanted to say that. He wanted no, okay. to say that. Well, here's the thing. Okay, no, I'll, I'll wrap this up. Okay, because here's, I think this is very for serious. And I no, think, yeah. I, I think I that we're right. getting, because accountants, I want to say every, everybody has a, if you get all alone, there's, everybody struggles with self-esteem on some level yeah. or another. And That's so really you, so, yeah. so, and sometimes you reject the fact that if people really knew me, nobody'd want to spend time with me. Okay. 
No, we think so, that's true. Maybe. And so that's the. So what if you're really? Uh, no, hold oh, on, wait. Sorry. What if you're really up? Then if you are a. Then what do you do? Because nobody really wants to spend time so, with it. Oh, that was a different beat, wasn't it? So sorry. you're probably not the leader because leader is gonna naturally have Beep. followers. Sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry. I, you said leader, and I thought you were gonna use a something like that. So you, if you're yourself, if you think about firms, which I'm picturing several different ones, that the people who are the <laughs> you're not ready. supposed to say the word in the beat. No, you're not. No. It, okay. It does. It does soften it a little bit. But those people tend to be on the periphery and not so much the managing partner or the leaders. Positions. They're not. They're they're usually the specialists. They're in, in the dark like little area. office and you never let okay, them out. That's and they okay. do their taxes. Because you told us we talked a little bit about the disc the disc model and you did say okay. the the managing partners who have a lot of the all four different characteristics are typically the managing partners who yeah, can they're not the extremes. They're able to meet with a lot of different people in a lot of well, different right. ways. They're, they're emotionally and intellectually agile. Yeah, they are. Oh, and cool. they, they have. They're aware emotionally. Yeah, and they have a high and EQ. Both. They understand how to relate to people, yeah. and people who can relate okay. to other people emotionally aren't usually. Agile. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> emotionally agile. Is that authenticity? No. We're, are we all no. false authenticity? Authenticity is being, is being real. It's just being who you are and being. No matter what. Uh, yeah, and being comfortable with and, and people respect and like and are willing to follow that realness. That, and you, that you cannot you. be that unless you are first vulnerable comes first, yeah, authenticity so. comes second. Is that I don't right? know. I don't know. That's I don't a, know that, that vulnerability is a requirement, no. but it's sure a good addition. Okay. How, yeah. do I, how do I become authentic? You're pretty, pretty authentic. <laughs> I mean, as far as I, I know. Be, I would be worried if you were more authentic. Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of the podcast, okay. listeners, we we saw Greg's tummy. I, yeah, my tummy. We yeah, saw we'll his call tummy. my tummy. That's pretty uh, vulnerable. That's vulnerable. I feel vulnerable. I feel violated. <laughs> so I guess I'm vulnerable Fred, right you're, now. You're vulnerable. Was yeah. it? You're vulnerable. I, I think, oh, I could be more. I could, no, but, no, but let's not do anymore. Okay. <laughs> do you? Okay. And for I the do. podcast listener, there was multiple people in the in the audience who were like sh waving their hands. No, please, no. No more vulnerability. With um, but, okay, well, but let's okay, let's abstract it because because we're getting silly. How does one become? Uh, if they if they if you recognize that you're not, you walk into work and you've all of a sudden got to play accountant. When you go to work, how do you stop doing that? And how do you overcome the fear that keeps you from doing that? Because I've been there before. And I, I, one of the reasons I enjoy the job I'm at right now is because of my prior job. I was not able to be myself there. Couldn't be real. Couldn't so be, that's couldn't probably be real. because of culture or you're just doing the wrong thing. That's not your career path. Job. It's not but, your career path. But yeah. I, but or I don't, you're in the wrong, with the wrong group of people that don't, that, where you don't feel comfortable. Yeah, but I have to say, you go into an accounting firm very often when you're, what, 22, 23 years old. You're a young person, <laughs> yeah. so you're you're not sure who you 30, are at 22 or 23. Whatever. <laughs> but, but you're not sure who you are at that age. It takes some living. It takes some experience. Second career. And as I said earlier today, and I can't emphasize it enough, it requires introspection. Introspection right. will drive authenticity. Right. You've got to figure out 
who the heck you are. Uh, right, right, right. And to do that, you've got to be not running around like a crazy person. There has to be some moment of quiet in your life where you can figure out Well, you have you to be comfortable with yourself. And you don't usually get there till I don't know, I don't think. It takes a while. You don't get there till you're in your 30s and sometimes 40s. It takes a while. You got to get over yourself. Well, we got people one that are not in the 30s says. and 40s you yet. Get y'all, over let's slam, slam her, right? Raise your hand if you're not authentic, or if you're not emotionally agile, <laughs> or if you don't you're know. You're liars. You're or, all lying. Or if you can't spell the word visceral. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I can't. There we go. Okay. I okay. No, you said can't. If you, if you can't, yeah. You're excited. Excited. That was good. Okay. Um, So so it sounds like. (laughs) Let's go to the let's go to the judges on that. (laughs) Yeah, that's correct. Good. I've lost half of my voice. So, but now what you're not saying though is you're not saying that if you, well, or maybe you are. If I'm at a if I'm in a situation at work where I do not feel authentic, is the recommendation to quit? That job. No. You're in the wrong place. Or is the, what's the recommendation then? Yes. Try it out. Try out authenticity. Just, just, just Try suck it, it up and size. be you. Can I tell you another story? Please. Will it help? I love stories. Um, and this was probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. I was working with a lawyer. Uh-huh. And lawyers have their own unique way of being snide. They, they are snide <laughs> better than CPAs are because they're typically better communicators, better with words. And <laughs> they so have more money. They, they, <laughs> sometimes. That sometimes. helps you be snide. But, but he was... He was being really tough on me. This is when I was doing his marketing consulting for them. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to intellectualize his way around it. And I had figured out at that point even that, that almost everything we do is run by your emotional foundation. And so his emotional foundation was fear. He was afraid of it. But the way it came out was he kept making these remarks as I was trying to make progress with him. Right. Um, and it just so happened that we were at a moment in time where he was sitting at his desk and I was standing beside him. So I was in a little bit of a power position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he looked up at me and he made some comment. And what I wanted to do Slammed was smack him. Yeah. Bam. I yeah. wanted to smack him. I really because he was just being nasty. <laughs> but for the first time in my life, so I was in my 40s when I did this. For the first time in my life, I looked at him and I said, Mike, don't be snide. And uh-huh. he came back at me again, like a pit bull, you know. Uh-huh. And I stopped him again and I said, seriously, don't be snide. I'm trying to help you. That was vulnerable for me yeah. to say, I'm trying to help you. But how did he? Man I'll, is my biggest fan. Yeah, I was about to say. He sang my praises So what you did farm. is you became, you became a leader to him. Yes. And he said, you've demonstrated leadership to Correct. me. And so he responded. He did. Totally different. He did. And because not only had is, a wall and you permeated and I broke the wall. It, and right. I guess that's what I'm good so at. So if you're but inauthentic, what, is it because you have a wall that you're trying to protect yourself from right. facing something? And in or, letting go of that fear of, oh, he's going to think I'm a weenie right. for saying Dopey Snyder. He's going to fire me or whatever. I'm not going to get that contract again. By letting all of that just walk out the door and letting go of that fear, I not only helped somebody, I created a fan of me professionally, but I also created something more important to me, which is a friend. We are friends to this day. We're having lunch next week. You know, so what the cool thing is, is that guy is a human. Absolutely. (laughs) We all are. He has emotions. Mm -hmm. And so if you speak to him at that level, you... He actually is right. able yeah, to relate and, to you at that level. Absolutely. If, if he'll if he'll let that wall be penetrated, mm-hmm. some won't. Some won't. But if he'll let it, absolutely true. Uh, he has that that emotion behind that, so you can actually touch him emotionally. That's what I try to do because I think it makes people's lives deeper and richer and more varied and happier. And I'm about the happy. 
Okay. Happy is important, serious work, people. So it's not funny. You can't get to the happy till you do the hard, painful, okay. scary Pain stuff. Pain and happy. Okay. How, how, how far? Do we go to some, some questions? Y'all are calm down. If you got a question, you need to be vulnerable and raise your hand. Yeah. That leads us to the next topic. Um, how does a... <laughs> What's appropriate <laughs> vulnerability and what's inappropriate vulnerability? Oh, wow. Um, that's a big question, and I am not an expert in vulnerability. I, I, I'm essentially giving you a book report here. Okay. Um, I would say this. Vulnerability is not about getting up and sharing all of your pain all of the time with all of the world. Vulnerability is uh, dealing with shame and guilt, and Brene Brown talks about the difference in shame and guilt. Vulnerability would be my calling up Michelle and saying, I screwed up that presentation so badly, I feel like crap about it, help me work through this. That's me being vulnerable to Michelle, and I would do that in a heartbeat and have uh -huh. for years, as she has with me, right. because we understand and trust one another. Right. I would not do that with someone over at the end of the bar saying, oh, I just screwed up a presentation really badly, you gotta make me feel better about right. it. Help and that's me also how it. all of a sudden you're from Louisiana. Yeah, I don't know how <laughs> that happens. I, I do not know, I do not know how that happens. I screwed up my presentation. Uh, I, really, not, I, really, I don't know why they're picking on Louisiana, Scott. I'm picking uh, on Aaron and Scott. But do you I'm see really the difference? I'm really wishing that I did my presentation better, but now I don't. I do not know how go. that happens with me. But, but like Michelle, Michelle and I have earned that trust with each other. Okay. Does that make sense? I don't go up to a perfect stranger and tell them all my pain all the time. Right, right. Michelle has a story. I, I have a little story. This okay. is a little bit high, uh, like not as deep of a level of, of emotional depth, but it illustrates vulnerability. It's a story I mentioned during the day today that I said I wanted to tell you later, the story about Bob. But it has to do with vulnerability and inspiration and empowerment, and it really kind of wraps around several Good. things we talked about. So this is a true story. It's a firm I worked with in Chicago for a long time, and their most senior partner, his name is Bob, for real, and he did the most brilliant thing one day. I have a blog post about it on my blog if you want to read the actual transcript of it or whatever. Um, but Bob, what I watched happen was they just had some new auditors start, brand new baby auditors. And I was in the foyer, like waiting for to meet somebody for lunch, and Bob had just met this young auditor, brand new staffer, maybe a couple hours before, maybe the day before, but had no relationship with this young man. This young man with shiny skin and perfect hair. Got his he was new really sweet. He's got his little gave him. And new suit. Got his new suit. And on. he was in the lobby too. And Bob's staying there. He worked for a lot of big clients, like municipalities in Chicago. Like he knew everybody, mayors and whatever. Somebody walks in the office and Bob knew that this kid was going to be assigned to that audit engagement. And so Bob introduces this kid. Most partners would have probably just ignored the kid, shook the guy's hand, the client's hand, and gone to lunch. Bob took this opportunity, and he put his hand up on the guy's shoulder. I don't remember the name of the kid in the Chad. story. I have one name. Let's Chad. just say it's Chad. Chad. Okay. Yeah. And he put his arm, and he said, I'd like you to meet Chad. He's going to be on your audit, and he's going to do a great job for you this year. You are going to be really happy to have him on your audit. And they shook hands and met. What do you think that kid, Chad, Chad thought? What do you think he was thinking? I would have had to clean out my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I would have been like, scared. Uh, yeah, we're back to the party. But what else? Yeah. But, yeah. So what are you going to do? Well, he, so, so Chad's, <laughs> Chad's respect for that 
that partner was huge. Yeah. What it, else was it? What? There's more. Oh, it God. Was, it was Greg, affirmation that he has value. Huh? And what he, else? He just, he just valued that kid, set expectations that were high for, and, and, and we're simultaneously setting high expectations that I believe in you that you can do that. And, what, and the kid was going to do his no, damnedest. No. Yes. No. And the kid was going to do his damnedest work to make Bob look good. Yeah. But also, Bob could have gone, what would most people have done? This is, oh, this is our new guy. He's going to be on your audit. And then the other person would have been like, oh, great, another new staff person right, to train right. or whatever. He also made the client go, oh, yeah, yeah. if Bob trusts, because Bob, everybody loves Bob. If yeah. Bob trusts you, you are somebody. And the kid didn't know that yet, but that is Bob. So Bob created this bridge like between the client having respect for this kid and the kid wanting to do a kick-ass job for the client. That is just, that's motivation or that's inspiration and motivation and everything. Like it also brings up something you talked trust about earlier, Michelle. And vulnerability. Bob's reputation One was more. on the line. Oh, yeah, accountability. Yeah. You accountability. talked about accountability accountability. I can't even say it at this time of night. He wanted to be he, accountable. The kid wants he made Chad. Bob made Chad. Chad want to do better. That's true accountability, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Chad yeah, was accountable is. to himself. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah. okay. Chad? I I've got a burning question. I got a burning question about uh, authenticity. There are days. This this honestly happens to me because my boss loves me on days when I'm a, a monkey with symbols that he can wind up in the back and let go. And I'm just going around the office, going, "Hey, everybody's having fun here. Joke, joke, joke. Happy, happy." And then there's some days where I come to work and I just hate humans. And I want everybody to leave me the hell alone. And I, and I and and on those and those days, and it's weird because I go in on those days and I recognize in myself this is one of those days where if I'm being authentic, I want everybody to leave me the hell alone. But I know that my coworkers don't want to deal with the authentic me. How do I be authentic in that situation? She's got it's, that. Answer. It's pretty easy. Sick day. No. <laughs> no. Okay. no. First of all, I would say that if you're in a leadership position, you can have one of those days. You don't get two in a row. Okay. It's one of the burdens of leadership. You can have one, but you can't have two. Ooh. And the way you handle you that authentically is to say, is to say to whoever approaches. First of all, you manage your time. You manage your space, right? Uh -huh. um, you manage people's expectations of of how accessible you are on now any it's given Greg's day. Fault. And so it's, your, it's always your responsibility. It's always the leader's responsibility and the leader's burden. No, this so feels good. No. you get one day, one day, but in that day, you can remain authentic by saying, you know what? I'm, I'm a little off today. I'm just not having my best day. Could we have okay. that conversation tomorrow? Huh. You're well within your right and your responsibility as a human and as a leader to be clear with people, and that goes back to clear communication, we, to be we're, clear we're with people fearful. about where you are. We're fearful of doing that. But remember, I mean, you're role say, modeling. Why? You don't expect why? everybody else to have a perfect day every day. Nope. And when but, you're home with your right. kids, what would you tell your kids when you're having an off day? Guys, I just don't feel good today. I just don't feel good today. You know, maybe leave, leave dad alone. I don't <laughs> feel good today. Yeah, that's how I say it. Yeah. Sweet children. Today is daddy's not, sweet, not his best Sweet children. Sweet little children. Sweet children. I ain't playing Candy Crush tonight. Dang it. What did he say? He's not playing Candy Crush. Candy, candy, no yeah. Candy Crush. Yeah. Did I peek the microphone there? Just you. Yeah. Sorry. You peeked so, everyone. <laughs> we got to get you. We got to move on. Yes, yeah. this we is do. Good stuff. It is. This is awesome.
We got more. You guys still you guys still on board with us? Is that stupid? They're, they're eating okay. us up. They're eating us up. A few more minutes. Yeah. Or, so we're going to move on yes. to one last topic before okay. we get to um, right. some questions from the audience. Yeah, does that... Well, Y'all Laura, put your hands down. We're going to get to you. Yeah. Now we got yeah, like hundreds on. of people. Somebody better ask a damn question. <laughs> okay. So four characteristics of trust. Four characteristics of trust. That was not a question. What's the that question? was a command. <laughs> now, be trustworthy. What are they, Michelle? Because because something that you skipped. To, that, that, my understanding is you had to skip this part of your presentation today. I'm interested in the four characteristics of trust. I assume that they are rounded edges, sweet center, uh, <laughs> name Chad, a, very, a shiny polish. And with a stick uh, in it, and nougat. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't I get that. I'm gonna see if I got any of those right. I am deeply, deeply concerned about you. <laughs> what are we the four? We need to talk after. <laughs> what are the four characters? No, you'll make him like do a trust fall or something, Melinda, and I'll have to catch and him. You'll have to catch him. I'm not gonna do that. Wouldn't that be fun to watch, though? <laughs> so, so, what are the four characteristics of trust? So, okay, so this know? guy named Charles Feltman, F E L T M A N, wrote a book called The Thin Book of Trust. It's Thank a you great for book. It, by the way. Yeah, F E L T M A N. And um, he, he has, it's this thin book of trust, and it's specifically for leaders, and it's a short book because it's Adrian thin. Adrian won it today. Oh, we did? Oh, I was out of the room briefly at that. Okay, awesome for Adrian, who's not here right now. Um, So there are these four distinctions or characteristics of trust that um, Charles describes, and they they are sincerity. They all have to exist for a trusting relationship, and this applies outside of business too. Sincerity, Uh reliability, competence, and care. And so sincerity is, I mean what I say, and I say what I mean. It's, it's, that's authenticity. Okay. Sincerity and authenticity. It means mm-hmm. that if I say that this is what I value in my firm, that really is what I value. Because okay. there's sometimes a lot of game going on between what you say with that regard. And, um, and if somebody can see on your face, I'm not pleased with you, but I'm going, yeah, that's fine. Right. There, that's, that's bad. Okay, so, so I'm going to trust you if you do what you say you're going to do. I mean you're being that, sincere. That I can tell that you mean it. it and and that, okay. Yeah. Okay. That I'm getting the same vibe, oh. body language, right, right, words, okay. actions, everything. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I, Reliability you what, okay. is doing what you say you're going to okay. do. Okay. Gotcha. Being so on time. Okay. You know, whatever. Punctual. Meeting being commitments. Punctual. punctual. And or there's nothing to do with commas. That you're not going to be punctual. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be late a lot. Yeah, yeah. that's honest. Yeah. Um, and then competence is that you're capable of doing what you say you're going to do. Okay. That one's easy. Those two are easy. Reliability. Well, I mean, they're not easy to do, but they're Compet- easy to understand. Competence isn't easy for some of us. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah, that might be true. So then, and care is the is the tough one. And so care relates to a lot of what we talked about today. But that is that is your ability to show that you are considering the needs of others as much as, not more, not less but as much as your own. Okay. That's just saying, I have your best interest at heart as much as my own best interest. So it doesn't necessarily mean putting people ahead of, just in addition to. So and trust is a result of displaying these four You have to display, if any of these are, are, are not completely um, exhibited and truth, you know, if they're not being conveyed, there's a trust issue at play. Okay. And you got to repair it. Right. And uh, cool. it, your your experience with CPA firms, which one of the well, you said yeah. care care is care the hardest. Sincerity one? is usually care and sincerity are usually the very difficult ones. Okay, which makes sense because accounts reliable. I mean, 
I guess if we're talking just stereotypical accountants, you, you get there at the when at the stroke of of you know seven fifty nine every morning, and and you do what you say and you keep your calendar and all that. For stuff. the most part, but think about when we talked about delegation. Sometimes we don't count on people to come through, and that's right. a big part of the reason we have right. trouble delegating yeah. stuff is because there there might be trust on the reliability or competence piece. Right. Oh, they can't do it as well as I can. I mean, that's a demonstration of. Do you have things you coach people to do to be more sincere other than just mean what you say? Stop being a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so deep. And it goes to authenticity. It also goes to... It goes to like the simplest thing. Like we were talking about mission statements. If you have a mission statement that says, we care about our people... And you don't always show that you care about your people. Like you do something yeah. crappy, like forget to tell people something important or you give no raises one year. They're going, look, their mission statement says they care and I didn't get a raise so I can't, you know, Trust buy me. my kids extra. There's a conflict. When you have lack of sincerity, you have a conflict and people have, you know, they're going to look for stuff to go, wow, that's not sincere. And then lack of trust. Is a result. Yeah. yeah. And and I'd like to end the pod. Well, we've got a question actually before we go to Aaron Aaron, you I do go have a question actually. Yeah. Um Jason and Greg, you guys can probably ignore this. Okay. But if you as a female come to work and you tell people I'm not having a good day or I'm not at my best oh. and you <laughs> No, this fair. is a real question. If you yeah. tell people that and you expect them to kind of give you some space, aren't you worried about seeing as weak or vulnerable or question. You know, maybe PMSE. You know, I say that with quote marks. But aren't you kind of worried about that, Greg? Yeah. Hell yeah. Take it away, Greg. Go, Greg. Go. I'm glad you put PMSE in quotes because that helps everything. I. so they have to answer well, their well that's Well, that's exactly what I, I mean. It is interesting because if I have a bad day, if I have that day where I'm like, everybody just stay the hell away from me, everybody's just like going. You're a jerk. That, yeah. but, if, but if I say that, people are like, oh, she right. is like, you know. It, yeah, it, it comes. <laughs> but I think, okay, you guys are all so insensitive by laughing right now. What? <laughs> what if, but it is because when I do that, it, it's funny because I do feel like, I'm coming at it from a point, uh, from some sort of place of strength where it's like, I'm usually not like this and I'm going to kick over some tables because I'm in a bad mood today and everybody's going to kind of, and that's what's weird is that I don't, I mean, I don't like people's reaction to that, but I can see that for, for, for a, a, a lady that that's, that, that it's a, that, that there's different there's different labels that are going to be attached to that, different backstories that people so, are going to create. Let's why let them so, yeah, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> wow. That was an introduction for you guys. Can I open this? Go ahead. Open it. Um, Can I'm going to open this. Can you her question? Because I've lost this. Well, what she's going to are uh, gender stereotypes. There you go. Yeah. Um, she summarized that bad boy. And Bam. I'm going to open it. Michelle's going to close it. I'm going to open it by saying, if you conduct yourself as a rational, adult, mature competent, capable, reliable human being 99.9% of the time in that one-tenth of the time where you're having an off day as a leader, you are, it is unlikely, and I can tell you I've been a woman for a very long time. (laughs) It has never, ever, ever been a case where someone has said to me, oh, are you just having that time? 
That does not happen because every day I go to work as a rational, competent, mature, contributing, reliable, sincere human being. I'm a human being first, and people relate to me as a human being, then as a woman, maybe, then as a professional. I don't know what order that comes in, but it's always human being first. Michelle. I was going to say, too, and that, that's, I think that's really well said. Uh, you know what? Ten years ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, uh, a woman would be labeled either a, can I say bitch? Yes. As a bitch, yeah. a biatch, or, um, or wimpy, or whatever. And, and, you know, that was just the thing. If a woman got mad at work, oh, she's being bitchy. But if a man got mad at work, he's being a guy. Um, it's not, you know what? That's done. That's done. We're, we're over that. Um, you can't you can't let that permeate and also be in the kind of just just don't accept it but also be in the kind of firm where if greg is having it i'd be like greg pms or what you know a little yeah yeah turn um yeah being fair i'd just be like what's your deal yeah. you know no, that's I cool don't. all right so we got another question yeah. in the audience from barrett this is barrett uh is there ever an appropriate time to feel guilt or shame in the workplace well, probably oh, from asking time. bad questions this during podcasts. <laughs> that's a good question. I think you would enjoy uh, the book by Brene Brown called Daring Greatly because she's, she's very clear about the difference in guilt and shame. Guilt is you feel guilty about something you did. If you ate seven of the deep fried Oreos, maybe you feel guilty. Are you shame looking at me? Is, yes. Shame is you feel bad about who you are. Huh. You get the difference? Guilt is about something you did or didn't do. Shame, sorry, shame is about who you are, uh, and it's really a much more serious issue. So, so is guilt okay? Uh, I think guilt indicates that you have a conscience. Yeah, I mean, it indicates you may have you have done a something wrong. Like, like yes. Linda calling saying, I struggled with that presentation, or me doing the same, like, I really botched that, or I put you in a bad spot, bad or yeah. whatever. I yeah. feel bad about that. Sure. Guilt has a place in life. It keeps you in balance, I think. Not but tell me guilt. All but if, it. if somebody has shame... That's different. Actually, that's, that's different. That's way more serious that's in my view. But it, you don't you don't approach it and say you, no one should have shame. You say, okay, you may have that. Let's deal with why you have shame. Well, I'm not a therapist, and Michelle's not a therapist. But that's and what a therapist. Might I think do. that's what a therapist might address. Yeah, definitely. I've had three hours of graduate school. I got an A in Boom. my three hours. Man, it was in counseling, and the one thing I learned is be very clear that I ain't no therapist. That's <laughs> <laughs> your dog. They taught that in grad school? I ain't okay, so we got one more before we end, right? Yeah, right on, Josh. Hello. Hello. Josh. Hello. Hi, Josh. I like hearing my voice amplified. Uh, I do, too. I so do I. Thank you. We're enjoying it a lot. Of Great. <laughs> well, we are. I don't know about that. So you talk a lot about authenticity on, on a personal level. So when you develop you know, an authentic connection with a client, it develops the you know, Melinda Motivates brand. But... Can you develop right? Can you can you develop authenticity on a brand level? I mean, can you have oh, not just a, a personal question. connection, but can you can a brand be authentic as a CPA firm? If you want to develop a CPA brand, how can you be authentic? That's a great question. Can a brand be authentic? Is a brand doomed to be phony? Will you tell me what what brands come to mind if I say Safe Car? Minards. <laughs> Not even on the podcast, yeah. and he crushes it. Okay, 
mean, I think, I think all the strong, sure. I think all Software. the strong bands, yeah. brands, <laughs> are authentic. ACDC. Look a at Apple. Band. I mean, it is because it's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. <laughs> That's so, right. So I have no idea what you're talking about. Look at all. So yeah, I mean, a brand can can aspire to to build itself on authenticity, but remember, make asserting your brand is making a promise of something. Let's look at FedEx on time, whatever. They put their money where their mouth is. You can go and type in a number of your package and you can all but see it moving from one place to another. Like they made themselves so accountable and transparent Very about their cool. accountability. I didn't think about that. That that's, mm -hmm. that's committing to that authenticity or whatever. They're cool. meeting their promise by being vulnerable. I mean, what if you had a, a, a tag uh, that was on every file in your office, assuming you still had paper files? that showed like sitting outside of Greg's office waiting for review for three months, you know, something like that. Um, that wouldn't be so good. So are we willing to be that vulnerable? A brand is your promise, but a brand ultimately becomes what the public thinks about your promise and what you really deliver. Like you can start out by saying what your brand is, but your brand is viewed externally. Your public will tell you. What your public will tell you what your brand but is. Michelle just said something really important, which is there's a direct connection between the promise and the delivery. That's where authenticity lies. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about a brand or an organization, the connection between the promise and the delivery. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then that was a hard authentic. question. But Good I question. think, but then the interesting thing is with CPA firms, do we generally, I mean, and I'm not talking about Thrival because you guys all do amazing things. I'm talking yes. about the, about crappy CPA firms. They, do they, what, do they really, I mean, in a bigger picture, do they, do they even have the, do they even have the, um, cojones to make a promise? In the first place to deliver. I mean, isn't that half well, of making a brand? Your brand we don't make is your brand around service? Then that's the kind of a promise. I would say Cajones. most people fall short on that. Is your brand around a niche? Like a, I, we're the restaurant firm or we're the whatever oh, firm. Yeah, yeah. Your brand might be around that and being the go-to firm for that and the expert for that. I've seen right. It. And then, so then your promise is we're awesome at restaurants. You deliver by being awesome, awesome for restaurants. restaurants. Right. Okay. And, and that's the thing is I think to have a strong and authentic brand you have to at least be making some kind of promise and not be just i happen to be i happen to be a CPA firm in the greater Lincoln Nebraska area like what was anderson's brand i mean really what what smartest was it guys in oh, it was <laughs> smartest quality right. in everything we do yeah quality in everything that we do yeah shred it upstanding shred. ethics shred. Okay. we sh we shred documents do you understand? Remember how we talked about earlier about how introspection can drive authenticity? It's also true for organizations at the personal level and at the organizational level. So if you're in a position where you're leading a firm, you need to think in terms of devoting the time as a firm to introspection and understanding who you are right. so that you can develop authenticity in your brand. Ideally, your brand is going to come from your why, and your why is your purpose, and your passion is behind your why, so right. it's easy to follow through. Because yes. if your passion isn't behind your why, you're not going to follow through. There it is. If you just missed that, yeah. download the podcast <laughs> and rewind and listen to that until right. you get it. Right. Now, we're going we're, we're gonna to we're ready to wrap things yeah, we're up. Ready I, I want to wrap it up with this because we talked about care being one of the most difficult parts of the four characteristics of trust. You just talked about how, and this is, I think it's daunting to think that if you're going to have a powerful and authentic brand for your firm, that you have to take the time to, to be introspective as a firm. Mm -hmm. To me, you said take the time. I think that's time intensive. 
Both of the things, when I think about people being caring yes. in a firm and I think about people having an authentic brand for their firm, I think of a lot of time being taken. And I know that people in most fir- in firms that are still billing by the hour and tracking their costs with timesheets, they won't take the time to be as caring as they promise their employees that they're going to be. And they're not going to invest the time to make an authentic brand. Amen, brother. Well, they okay, can, good. Right? That's all I wanted to say. they can Amen. because of their business model, right? Well, it makes them crazy. Yeah, it makes I mean, crazy. When, when you make a brand promise or a care promise or whatever, you have to have the infrastructure. Maybe it's a person in place to make sure something is followed through on or something happens. You, When you're making the commitment, you've got to have the processes. And I know it sounds processy. That's not what I mean. But like, you have to have the people in place to make sure that the stuff gets well, followed but through no, on. And you can have processes that hinder you from doing the right thing, right, yeah. like taking care of that new employee who can't figure out how to do a tax return in Ultra tax because it doesn't make any sense. Okay? The damn program didn't import from QuickBooks like you said it would. And I had to take all the time to key in the codes, anyways. You son of a bitch. Exactly. So what so what we're saying is we do want our brands to be authentic. And it sounds like we need to be bold enough to make promises within our brand. But it's going to require that we step up and service that brand and that promise or we'll be found out yeah. by the public and we won't be authentic. Yeah, the public's got a great eye for that kind of stuff. They, the public knows BS when they hear they it, see it, it, feel it, experience it. But it doesn't it. mean shrink away from being vulnerable and authentic with the claims you make within your brand. Lean into that, yep. but you better pull it off on the back end. Yeah, and, and have, you will have, be found out. have, you know, after action reviews or some kind of thing to say, oops, we slipped here. Here's yeah. how we're going to fix it. So you need and be authentic to, about it. So you need to prop up ways to find out when you're failing yes. the promise you're making Absolutely. within your brand. The, and don't be afraid of that. Right, because yeah. the public knows already. They're not, already got maybe it. they're not even telling you, but they already know. Yep. Your clients know. Yep. So lean into that and maybe ask them. And when them. you say you're sorry and you own something, like, oh, I'm really sorry this happened, let's make it better, people are very forgiving. In fact, yeah. there are, uh, just real quick, there are a lot of surveys that show, like in the hotels and stuff, in the industry, the hospitality industry did this. If you have a service failure and you make good on it, your customer loyalty is actually far higher than if you've never made a mistake. Yep. That's amazing. That comes out time after time and survey after survey. So, so, the, so the lesson is go screw stuff up and fix and it. And fix it, yep. Okay. Well, and You'll doesn't that off. tie nicely to the risk that we talked about, encouraging people to take risks and, right. and yeah. stuff? Right, and so innovate. now there's no fear and risk because if you do mess up and make it good, then you're the better loyalty's than you higher were. than it was before. Right. Okay, we're just, cool. we're just about done. We're going to put a bow on this whole thing with a couple of speed round oh. questions. First speed round question, uh, Michelle, if you had to sing any song karaoke, what would it be? <laughs> I'm drawing a complete blank. Come on. Um, Something by ACDC. Oh, my gosh. I am drawing a complete Melinda, blank. Melinda, help her out. What would she sing? Uh, my favorite song ever on the planet, Dancing in the Moonlight. Dance, so it sing, be sing that. a couple it bars. It wouldn't be that. I don't sing well. That would be painful. Okay. okay. Dance in the Moonlight. Next speed uh, Jason, question. what about you? What about you? We need to know from you. Karaoke song. Uh, Born to be wild. Okay. Mine is uh, nat- Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin. Oh. You got anything yet? <laughs> no, Tied, I stopped thinking about it. ties back in. Um, okay. Next, next question. What's, uh, you got any food allergies? Anchovies. Anchovies? Yeah. Food allergy? Any food allergies? Total omnivore. Love everything. Omnivore, love everything. Jason? I don't know what an omnivore is. <laughs> That's a dinosaur. He's they allergic died out. to okay. that. I, well. I, uh, 
I'm not lactose intolerant, but I do say I am on occasion. <laughs> it's, kind of a good, it's a kind of good way to cover my tracks, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Okay, uh, okay, Michelle, Michelle, what's a, what's a movie that you like that you're embarrassed to, that if people know? Oh, um, I'm not embarrassed. I don't know mind. if I want to know. Um, uh, yes, yes, say it, say it, say it, say it. Is this safe? Is this safe place? Show us we what will it's love, like. We'll love you. Um, we will laugh at you, but we will Slum love Dog you. Millionaire. Slum Dog Who Who enjoys a little movie. good Slum Dog? Give I her some love. Okay. Yeah, yeah, some Slum Dog Millionaire. Good, good. Melinda, Makes what about you? Makes sense, I have a question. What's, what's a movie that you're kind of ashamed <laughs> that you like a lot? Oh, any of the animated films. I love cartoons. Oh, yeah. I am usually the only unaccompanied... Um, I'm the only adult with no child in the theater, uh, and I worry that I people think I'm... I did not know that oh, about oh, you. I nice. love cartoons. Nice. Did you see Megamind? No. You gotta see it. It's really good. It's really good. It's really good. Jason, what's a movie that, that you're ashamed of? Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. Uh, mine is Barbarossa with Willie Nelson and Gary Busey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great one. Guys, this has been the Thrive. Have you been glad to be here tonight? Yeah. Yes. Give, give, let's do this. Give some love for Michelle and Melinda right now because we're so glad. Yeah.